0: Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Sal Vetri here, and today we are going to continue our MLB 2020 Fantasy Baseball Team previews. Houston Nationals, hot topic over the offseason for reasons that are obvious to most of you. But if not, if for some reason you haven't been paying attention to baseball or I guess just Twitter or anything, um, some cheating scandals going on, some suspensions, some firings of coaches in the upper management. No players that were impacted by this probably made some sort of a deal for immunity is what was um, kind of leaked out a little bit by some of the media. But what we're looking at here is to just really talk about the impact of this team from a fantasy baseball 2020 standpoint. Also, how that will really, to start the year, DFS uh, darlings, I guess you can say, because this team was loaded with them last year. Obviously lost in the last game, the last possible game of the MLB postseason last year in Game 7 losing to the Nationals after beating the Yankees on the the infamous now, Jose Otuve, do not rip off my shirt, walk off home run off of Roldis Chapman to send his team to the World Series to face the Nationals, where again, they ultimately lost in seven games, four to three. But what we're going to be doing is now just taking a look at them for this year, taking a look at their, as you can see over my shoulder, if you're watching on the YouTube version, their depth chart and where they they're really going to be having their starters. And at least right now, updated as of today, when I record this, March 14th, 2020, for what this team's Uh, Roster is going to look like. So what I want to do is just start with the rotation or start with the the lineup and really where they're going to be starters in the field. And then we'll get to the rotation for what seems to be, like many teams at this point, sort of a murky rotation as they wait for some players off injuries, getting players returning from injury. Uh, But to start with the lineup, it's loaded as ever. And we'll see. And I'm not going to buy into the narrative or try and wade into any sort of projections for this team. Oh, what is it going to be for uh, this team? Are they going to have an opportunity to come into the fold now and and start off slow and it's because they just can't hit without cheating no but I do think that there's a mental component that if they start the season off slow individual hitters on this team if Correa after having a hot start last year starts to slow down if Altuve who for the most part slowed down last year in the terms of steals and and just average home runs were up but something that based on his fly ball rate likely doesn't stay the same do they start to hear the chirps and I think that that's at least something to think about but when you're drafting when you're playing DFS especially daily it's really not something that for us fantasy players is, is it should cross your minds all that much. At least I I don't think so. So Starting with this lineup, what you're going to see at first base is probably Gurriel, who's coming off of a career year. Like most of this team, this guy hit over 30 home runs, or at least over 25. He had 3,104 RBIs. He was a Gold Glove finalist at first base. He was injured for parts of the year. They put him at third for some time as well, based on injuries when Correa was out. Uh, But what you saw a good amount here was Diaz backing him up. And I I think Diaz, Aladmez Diaz, was a pretty strong backup. I mean, he only played 69 games last year after being called up. Uh, He was an infielder, and he played at every single infield position. You saw him a lot at first, but he did back up for Uh, some shortstop some third and even played at, at second base so he was all around the infield not only middle infield but on the corners as well hit nine home runs and 40 rbis in those 69 games usually provided a nice value in dfs but Gurriel seems fine at his ADP. He's not something that's going to skyrocket, but coming off of a career year, you expect some natural g- regression, but it seems like he's just trending upwards. It's not like he did something unsustainable. 30 home runs with the way that the ball is flying out of the ballpark, juice balls if they continue in this offense, uh, where you have to pitch to a guy like Gurriel, um, where he's probably going to be batting in any sort of projected lineup, likely in the 6-7-8 to seven, eight range. Yeah, he, he's going to be a guy who's going to see pitches. Um, heading over to second base, Jose Altuvez. The steals came way down last year, big concern. Um, but the home runs were at an all-time high, 31, career high. Uh, And that's with him missing a little over a month with a hamstring injury only six deals is concerning again the hamstring probably indicated why for some of that but just in general a lot of these guys in this team in in general like Bregman steals have always been an issue for these guys so yeah the home runs being up I don't think that's sustainable when you factor in that he only had a 32 percent fly ball rate his hard hit percentage was nowhere near what his home runs actually uh, came out to be so yeah I think that regression for him in the home runs is, is going to happen and I think the steals are going to stay low so it's a concern for Altuve in my opinion Bregman one of the strongest guys in the league an MVP candidate last year he's a strong walks guy he barely strikes out. He had a career year in terms of runs, home runs, RBIs. He led the entire league in walks. The only downside for Bregman at this range is if you're trying to parse him between the Yeliches and, and the Trouts up top it is steals. Like, do the steals come? And and how many of them? Are you just going to get eight steals out of this guy, five steals? Or are you going to get somewhere in the teens? So Bregman, once again, strong candidate, probably the best guy in this entire team. And you're going to see him drafted in a lot of first rounds for um, baseball and season-long drafts. And you're going to see him as a staple in the middle of this lineup for a lot of DFS lineups. Brantley is just a definition of being consistent, although he's not a guy that you probably want to draft high in MLB drafts because season-long, he's just not a home run guy. Now, he's a low-K guy. He'll put the ball in play he walks a lot he's just not going to strike out so that's always good to see he had a career high home run to fly ball rate last year just gives you more opportunity to actually get the home ball get the ball out of the ballpark especially when you're elevating a little bit more and he's a versatile bat just in that lineup he can bat anywhere from really first to probably eighth in this lineup you can put him anywhere so that's always good to see because you just all have less off days for a player like that if he can be mixed in really anywhere in this outfield um Alvarez, 2019 Rookie of the Year. Man, this kid was absolutely dynamite and electric. If you had him drafted, if you picked him up in season longs, it worked out fantastic. If you played him any time in DFS, it seemed like he was hitting two home runs a game. And uh, he only played 87 games and he had 78 RBIs. He had 27 home runs in half the games. About half the Like This this guy was on pace for hitting over 50 home runs. Like your Pete Alonso's that everybody um, obviously loves Alonzo last year. Alvarez in this lineup is absolutely scary. A 313 average. The kid's unreal. Yes, I expect big things for him. I expect the full season of this guy to look absolutely dynamite, barring any injuries. When you're positioned around Correa, when you're positioned around Bregman, a guy like Brantley who gets on base and works accounts, it's going to just help you even more. We saw it last year. I think it's going to continue to happen um, for Correa at shortstop. He missed a ton of games last year. He missed a ton of games in 2017 and 2018. Um, or 2017 was his good year. Missed a ton of games in 2017. The rest of it, 2018, only played 75 games last year. He's banged up with some bat with his back injury and some ribs. He has a high K rate. Uh, but he's he's nice in terms of his walks um, around 10 percent. K rates over 20 percent the last two years. That's not great. But look, he played very strong over the 75 games that he played last year. 2050 to start the season was his highest fly ball rate ever. He hit 21 home runs um, in, in less than half the games. He hit 40, had 59 RBIs and batted 279. So once again, this guy was on pace for about 45 home runs, well over 110 RBIs or so. The contact was there. The fly ball rate was there. Yes, he is somebody that you should be interested in. I then you just have the rest of the guys in this lineup. Um you have Reddick. Uh, gonna be filling it out for most of your lineups at this point in right field. I imagine he'll play a lot of just nobody that stands out. Usually a very nice, um, just low end player when it comes to DFS lineups, but for season long, probably not somebody that you ever want. Um, if you're starting him at this point, it doesn't feel that great. He doesn't really walk, he doesn't strike out though, which is nice. 12% strikeout rate last year to a 6% walk rate. But when you're just looking at slugging, he does have some, like most of this lineup will, a 409 slugging percentage last year, but it's just not gonna be a ton of opportunities. He played 141 games due to a ton of injuries last year. It was nice to see that he had 550 plate appearances they batted him ninth they batted him first they batted him fifth he was all over the place 14 home runs so he does have some pop in the bat but he's more so a utility player with upside in the dfs formats and then finishing out this rotation with uh martin maldonado so what you have here is a guy from kansas city second two times they traded for this guy um yeah he's going to be the starting catcher. he was a pretty solid player if you're just talking about his his upside in terms of power, if you're looking at Woba, if you're looking at slugging percentage, WRC Plus, it's there for this guy. I mean, a 108 WRC Plus, a 464 slugging percentage for a catcher, that's not bad. Only played 27 games, had 6 home runs for the team, uh, scored 20 runs, um, 20, 98 plate appearances. So, I mean, 6 home runs and 98 plate appearances for a catcher, not bad. He's always going to be batting 8th or ninth in this lineup. I'd be shocked if you ever saw the 7 spot or higher, barring any injuries. Your issues is that if he's not hitting for power for you, and he's not doing much in that department, you're not getting much else. 26.2, 26.5% strikeout rates so he's just not putting the ball in play at all. If you're talking about Babbitt, it's just a 2-12. So really a boomer bust guy when you're looking for home runs. But at this point, that's all you're looking for in a guy like Maldonado. The bench is pretty solid. We already talked about Diaz. Um, there's other guys. They, they traded away Jake Marisnik. Uh, he's traded away in the outfield, so that opens up more opportunities for probably Tucker, who's going to be in more. Um, when Springer in center field, obviously top of the lineup, he dealt with injuries last year. He'll be back better than ever. So, yeah, this lineup is as deadly as ever. Uh, when you just look at this team in general last year, they led the league, uh, or they were number three in the league in home runs. They were number two in runs scored with 920. It's hard not to like it. Springer, to finish it off, had a strong 2019, but he got injured, had a weak summer, uh, but he rebounded with a strong finish. He has a strong walk rate. 44.8% hard hit rate is great, and he had 40 home. Run, he has 40 home run upside every single year as long as he can stay healthy. I mean, if I just sort this team last year by their plate appearances, um, not many players were able to stay healthy. I mean, you have Bregman, you have... Brantley, you have Guriel staying healthy. Springer missed a good amount of time. Only 556 plate appearances. Probably lost, I don't know, around 100 plate appearances due to some injuries. 20% strikeout rate's not great, but he does walk 12% of the time. That's pretty good above league average at that point. Batted balls and play is always going to be great for him. 305. You're talking about slugging. A 591 slugging percentage leads this team only behind Jordan Alvarez is wild 655. So yeah, I feel pretty good about Springer. This entire lineup, I want Bregman. I want Springer. I'd be fine with Correa. I love Jordan Alvarez. So all this looks good. Let's head it over into a strong bullpen that they have as well. I should mention number three overall pitching unit last year. Let's head over to the rotation. You lose Garrett Cole. You lose him to the Yankees, the team that you've seen, what, two out of the last three years in the ALCS. So Yeah, that's going to be painful when you probably see him again in the playoffs. Uh, But Verlander remains there. First 300 strikeout year last year. He ended the year with a bad postseason record, and it was his third straight year dealing with home run trouble. I believe he gave up 10 home runs in July alone, but he led the league in wins with with 21, led the league in innings pitch with 223. He had uh, I also believe his whip at at .803 was the most in the league. So you saw him top tier pitcher. There's not many left in the game right now. You have DeGrom up there. You have scherzer you have garrett cole now with the yankees you have verlander there's not much else so yes top tier pitcher in all regards probably should be one of the first two three if not the top pitcher off the board in most drafts zach zach granke as your number two right now does not feel great compared to what you had as verlander slash cole as your one a one b last year so yeah he's average at best his k rate is absolutely atrocious it's so bad but his walks at least balances it out a little bit he's a finesse pitcher at this point like he's not going to be coming out here and dominating you and trying to overpower you at this point in his career you're just not going to get that from him this year um when you just look at the innings pitch last year since he came over to the team 62.2 innings pitch obviously they got him later in the year in 10 starts he went eight and one aided by a ton of offense in this team uh, but yeah the strikeout rate is not going to blow anybody away uh when you look at it right now at 21 zero percent strikeout rate but only 3.6 percent walks that was by far the best on this team so that's strong to see but the upside for dfs purposes isn't isn't there the innings that you actually get out of him i'm not too positive that i would feel secure out of getting innings out of this guy at this point so he did pitch 62 innings in his 10 starts but it's very average right like i don't think you're gonna get cranky going into the seventh and eighth all that time i think he's very much a six inning pitcher go and get your quality starts and get some wins but i really don't want to be owning that at this point point. and then you get some interesting pieces from this team uh, so lance mccluster's is going to be returning from McCullers Jr., is going to be returning from a 2018 season of just... Tommy John, so it'll be see what the questions are. He should be fully healthy at this point, over a year removed from that. So it'll be very interesting uh, to see what you can expect from him. But it's just a situation where I'm not positive how much you can expect uh, from him at this point. So it's a little bit uncertain to see what he'll be doing. Reports have been pretty good on his stances, but right now he seems like to be at least to start the season the number three or number four pitcher for this team. He went 10 and six in 2018 and 22 starts. Uh, What you got from him there was 9.9 Ks per nine, very strong number. Again, these are the years where Morton is there. Dallas Keuchel is there. Um, Only a point, around a 0.86 home run per nine. Pretty good, right? Way lower than Justin Verlander's 1.18 that year. So yeah, you're getting a a good amount from him. Uh, Batted balls in play at 281. Uh, XFIP was a 348. So there's good numbers here. It's just a matter of, can these actually flow over into a next year? And and that's the uncertainty. That's the piece that obviously is going to make him just go really lower, very low drafted. It's going to make him probably a few weeks into the season as a DFS play. Finishing up the rotation here, Jose Uquidi. Yo, Jose Uquidi last year. Man, this kid's kid's fun to watch. He went 2-1 in seven starts. Um, The upside obviously comes from just the fact that he has a a nice strikeout rate. I mean, a 25.9% strikeout rate only behind Cole and Verlander from the starters last year. Only walked 4.3% of batters lowest on the team outside of Greinke's um, shortened season with the team. They called him up. The kid looked really good. Uh, The upside... For him is obviously the strikeout to putaways. His ex-fip was three sixty one. That's a little bit high, but it's still. I mean, he's not an elite pitcher yet, so it's still okay to see those types of numbers. Some of the things that stand out for him a nine point five three K per nine. That's fantastic. Uh, when you start to look at his batter balls in play, two ninety three. Okay, that's a little bit higher than you would like. Um, probably one of the highest on the team outside of Framer Valdez last year, which we're probably not going to see him uh, in the rotation, at least the starting rotation to start the year. But things that you do like to see, you do like to see a forty four point one percent ground ball rate. That's higher than Garrett Cole had last year. That's higher than Justin Verlander had year last year. A home run to fly ball rate only 14.7%. So it's not like he's giving up a ton of power. He just got a little bit unlucky when it comes to 1.32 home runs per night. Coles was one point two three. Verlanders was one point four five. So he does give up home runs, but it's nothing of this elite nature, nothing of the Brad Peacock in his fifteen starts last year, giving up two point five seven home runs per nine. So yeah, your queedy has strikeout power. He's getting ground balls. He's not giving up a ton of home runs to his fly ball ratio. Yet yeah, there's there's upside. He has the biggest ceiling on this team, I would say. We already know what Verlander's ceiling is. It's almost his median projections now. So yeah, uh your queedy is somebody that I like a lot. And then finally you're probably going to see it, You're probably going to see Valdez finishing up the rotation to start the year. Valdez was terrible last year. 1.77 home runs per nine. Uh, honestly, lots of things didn't look great. Ground ball rate was the only good thing from him was seeing a low ground ball rate of 70.6%. Home run to fly ball though, 58.3. Um, you ended up seeing a a strikeout rate that started to increase as the year went on, 23.2. More so a, G, a, a cheap end a GPP type pitcher for DFS. You don't want him in MLB season longs. Other than that, um, you're going to get Brad Peacock. He's just starting the year injured. He's working his way back from what I believe is a neck slash shoulder injury. He will rejoin the starting rotation. And I think the rotation will be Verlander, Greinke, McCullers, Jokwiti, and Brad Peacock. Uh, Voldez Valdez will be around there. It'll be interesting to see if he moves into the rotation. But that's where I'm at right now. This is the 2020 Fantasy Baseball Team Preview for the Houston Astros. We went through the lineup, the starters, some of their depth. We went through the starting pitching and they do have a solid bullpen. It's going to be a team that competes. Yes, there's noise all around this team. I expect them to be one of the top three contenders in the AL. I expect them to be one of the top finishers to go to the ALCS right up there with your Yankees and and push for another World Series binge. And honestly, the MLB is probably hoping for that too, to just build as much hate around an enemy and keep people enticed with baseball this year after a wild offseason. So Thank you so much. I do appreciate you tuning into this video. Please do hit the subscribe button on this podcast and YouTube channel. This video was indeed sponsored by Fantasy Draft, Rake Free DFS. Be sure to check out Fantasy Draft. I will link up their lobbies down below. I'm currently recording this during the coronavirus hiatus of 2020, depending on when you're listening to this. So I do appreciate it if you want to check out the rest of my content. There'll be more team previews here as well as on Patreon, which I'll link up down below some of my exclusive content where I make some more money as an independent content creator if you want to support me over there. Otherwise, just a like, a subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel uh, is, is more than more than enough. So thank you so much. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you can please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.